I know I wasn't the greatest teammate. I did some shitty things, I said some shitty things, but I want each and every one of you to know that I'm truly sorry and I'm ready to do whatever it takes to make it up to you, yeah? You called me a jaundiced worm. Right, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Colin. In a profile for my hometown paper. You hit on my mum. In front of my dad. I, I apologise for that, Bumbercatch. Um, please tell your father I'm sorry. Um, and give Janet my best, yeah? Mec, tu t'es lâché une caisse dans la main et tu me l'as foutu dans la gueule He said that you cupped a fart and put it in his face. Sounds better in French. Yeah, no, I do, I do remember that and I'm, I'm sorry. Um, is there anyone else? You got us relegated, mate! Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, we are covering Ted Lasso, Season 2, Episode 3, Do the Rightest Thing. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's an episode that, like, we're, we're starting to really dive into the stuff that's good, that makes Season 2 really great. Yeah. <clears throat> Specifically... Sam Obasanya. Yes, there, this, this is a great a, Sam episode. <clears throat> this is a great Sam episode. This is another good Jamie episode, too. Yes. I, I think. Well, I think that the episode is really about Jamie and Rebecca, but it's uh, uh, linked up or um, uh, strengthened or what I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but the catalyst for the Rebecca and Jamie episode is Sam. Like it's Sam's yeah. story that elevates Rebecca's character and Jamie's character. Yeah. All while bringing Sam Obasanya to the front of the show, which, you know, I checked, um, I checked the fandom wiki this morning and Sam Obasanya is still a guest star at this point. Okay. He is not in the regular cast. Uh, like he is, I, I assume he is for, um, the third season, but he is still, uh, listed as a guest star for this episode. And I think that this is an episode where we really see that Sam Obasanya is going to be a leader of this team and a part of, you know, the, the regular main cast as well. Yeah. Um, one thing we do, I have to make a quick correction on one of the things that we talked about last episode that was, um, I realized because of this episode is not correct. We started when we talked about Keely and how, her involvement with AFC Richmond, we said that she was an independent contractor working for them. That's wrong. Uh, <clears throat> we find out that she is, I think, head of public relations for AFC Richmond. Okay. Okay. In this episode. So she is, she is indeed a staff member of AFC Richmond okay. at this point. Okay. That, that well, is going to change it a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it changes between the two episodes. 
I don't think so. I think she was already because everything that she was doing in this episode for Sam with the Dubai air stuff, she was already doing. Cause remember she was having those press conferences or she was having meetings with the team looking for things that they wanted to represent. So I thought that was I, later. The Rolos talk. That already happened. Rolos already happened. Yeah. Oh, I thought that that was a season three clip for some no, reason. No, we, am, we already talked about that. See, the problem is, is that we watch, we watch, Ted Lasso clips all the time. Uh, yeah, we it do. doesn't really <laughs> matter what direction we're going in. So no, because yeah. remember that's the mucho mucho joy. Mucho with Danny Rojas. mucho joy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so we we did already talk about that. Uh, before we dive into the episode, as always, of course. I, actually, you know what? I don't think I have any. Oh wait, do I have spoiler stuff? Yeah, I, I do have spoiler stuff. I'm sorry. So uh, I'll, I will continue my little spiel. <laughs> they have to do with Sam, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Me too. So, yeah. So if you are a first time watcher of Ted Lasso, we want to make sure you're not spoiled by anything. So we'll do a little bit of spoiler talk a little bit later on in the episode. Just check the show notes to find out when exactly that is. So, you know what time to skip so that you can come back for when we do some favorite quotes uh, and feedback after that. Which there's some good ones this week. There's a couple good ones. See, I've taken a lesson from you, and I pull up the transcript now. Yep. Uh, mainly because I used to handwrite the quotes in my notebook. Yeah. And now I just copy and paste them onto a Word document so that I can read them later. Because See? Yeah. You got to work smarter, not harder. It's too much to like, especially if it's a longer quote, because then I have to pause it write out what I heard, unpause it, let it play yep. for a couple more seconds, pause, pause it again. It. Yep. it takes too much time. So now I have the transcript pulled up and anytime I hear a quote, I want to make sure I mention, I just copy it and paste it into a word doc. Beautiful. See, you take so it one good. step further than me. I just kind of scroll through the transcript. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So now I, I took a lesson from you in that aspect. Dave actually, uh, last night we were watching it. Uh, watching the episode and he goes, Oh, that's a quote for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, you know, I mean, if you hear it, you know, yep, that it's like, okay, yeah, like, gotta save that one, make a mental yep. note that's gotta go. We gotta talk, we gotta bring that one up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but let's dive into <clears throat> the episode and I'm gonna start right from the very beginning because this is something I told you before. This is one of my favorite cold opens <laughs> of the entire series. And there's a number of different elements to it. First off, we meet Sa uh, Sassy's daughter, Nora, mm -hmm. who is great, by the way. Yeah. I, the fact that we don't get more of her, it makes oh, me she, upset. She comes back. No, no, no. Like more, more of her. Oh, like, okay. Like as an intern or something. You know what I mean? That would have been fantastic if she actually did awesome. intern for AFC Richmond. Yes, it would have been fantastic. But yeah. Um, but the so I mean the the opening with Ted and, and Nora is is just great. But it's the next scene that just makes me laugh every time I watch it, and it is sassy and ted reunited after their night in liverpool marlboro six man. months after after it yeah sassy smurf and marlboro man but what's interesting when you watch this scene too is that as much as ted 
was trying to keep it a secret because, you know, like he says the beard, like, should I tell Rebecca? And he's like, no. Like, so he I don't think he's ever told Rebecca about their night together. But who like why would anybody not suspect that Sassy, of course, was going to say something to Rebecca? They're best friends. Exactly. Like, best friends talk about everything. I, You know, it's weird to me that men haven't realized this by now. Like, if there's best friends, we know everything about <laughs> you, okay? We know more than you are comfortable with, more than we are comfortable with. That's just how it goes. Yeah. So, I mean, it had to be a given that... Rebecca was going to find out. Yes. She probably like, knew the next night. day or yeah. that night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rebecca had her own thing going on that night. I'm sure that Sassy sent her text going, ha about to get with the Marlboro man later. <laughs> <laughs> but the conversation, <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but so clearly Ted is that when he's like, oh, well, who's the new intern out there? And Nora's like, well, that, that's my daughter, Nora. And he's like, oh, that... Is she mine? Like, he's really questioning this. And if it's meant to be a joke on Ted's behalf, he killed it because I couldn't tell. I thought yeah. for a minute there he was being serious. I, you know, well, and it's weird that he would say that in front of Rebecca, too. And, you know, that <laughs> yeah. I thought that that whole scene was just so painfully awkward. But when he finally left, I was like, oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> but when but that is what leads to my favorite part of the entire scene. It is yeah. the scene that like like I'll smile and chuckle as everything is happening. Yeah. But it's the very last moment. Like when he walks out. <laughs> And Rebecca says, because uh, I have it written down. Uh, oh, did he talk like that went the whole time? <laughs> so eager to please. It and then as Rebecca's fabulous. taking the bite of, of the biscuit, she's like, it was fabulous. And Rebecca she just, just spits, spits out, it out the biscuit. Yep. <laughs> and it's, there's not a word said. It's just the way she does it. Like the look on her face as she's spitting the biscuit out. It, it breaks me every time it's, I crack yeah. up. Every time I see that scene. Well, you know, I don't think that she sees dead in a very sexual way. And yeah. so that just does not. I, and, you know, honestly, I love Jason Sudeikis, but him as Ted Lasso, that's just not somebody that you want in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and that just goes to show you how well he pulls off that character. Because yes. you see him in everything else he does, <laughs> yeah. like with the, with the beard scruff and like, mm -hmm. he's a good looking dude. I'm not going to, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But yeah, as Ted Lasso, it's like trying to picture Mr. Rogers in bed. Oh, ah, oh, <laughs> golly, you just hit it right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just that visual is even worse than the Ted Lasso <laughs> visual. So thank you. My nightmares are. <sighs> My nightmares are a little different now. <laughs> But yeah, the, the cold open of this episode is one of my favorite ones just because there's so much that happens. And mm -hmm. I love Sassy's response like, Ted, we had sex six months ago. And if memory serves, you finished on my, he's like, oh. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, no, no, that's enough. Nope, yep. sorry. Nope. Oh, God. <laughs> but in that moment, it also makes you realize Ted's got a little bit of a dirty side to him in the bedroom. Yeah, of course. He was drunk, too. It was drunk oh, sex. That's, oh, that's right. He was drunk. Yeah. All right. Inhibitions out the window. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, poor, poor Ted. <laughs> poor Rebecca. <laughs> well, 
again, that didn't disgust her. Hearing that little tidbit of information, right. it was just knowing how eager Ted was to please. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Disgust her. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. We're spending too much time on Ted's sexual experience. Yeah, a little bit, but that's you fine. know, that's okay. Yeah. Um, take us in. What? Take us into something else. So Jamie has joined the team and you see that there is um, there is a desire for Jamie to right his wrongs. But I think he thought like everything else in his life that it was going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And you can see with his conversation with that he has with Keely as they go on their walk uh, that he's just like, what, what, what do they think I'm supposed to do? I mean, what, they're still going to hate me when we're winning games because I'm scoring goals. Like he has not gotten it through his head that he, it, it's him. It's his personality. It's the way that he is around other people. Like he understands that he needs to change, but he doesn't think that he needs to change fundamental parts about him. Um, so it makes for a very interesting dynamic with him, with Keely with Ted, with the coaching staff, with the players, with Sam, um, with Colin. So it it's really fun to watch because I think that we're all Nate in this episode when Nate's like, oh, they're going to kill him. And he has like just glee on his face. And he's like, I'm sorry, but he wasn't nice to me either. So this is this is a big deal for me too. You know, yeah. like Beard and Ted, I don't think they really quite get the toxicity that he had over this team until he saw that this team would like to get the revenge on him. And well, wow, do they ever. Yeah. Cause you're right. Cause it, it, you know, going back to what you were, what you started the conversation with, with Jamie, he seems to think that his skill is what's going to fix everything. Yes. It, or his know. money. Like when, when he tells the coaches, he's yeah. like, I'm going to buy them all uh, PS fives, which PS fives were out in 2021. Cause I don't oh, remember. Yeah. I thought that they were like within a year old. No, I've had my PS5 since pre-pandemic. That is so weird. I thought the PS5 came out in the last year. So when he said PS5, it took me like a few minutes. But I look at Dave, I'm like, did he say PS5? (laughs) Yeah, PS5's been out for, I think, almost five years now. Oh, see, I thought that it was just like with it. You know what it is? It's because Hogwarts Legacy came out. So I thought it came out with <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, I'm sorry. Three years. November 12th, 2020 was when it, it released. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. Well, then I, yeah, I stand corrected. Um, but he thought he could buy them off. He thought yeah. they could, he could buy them off and dazzle them with all of his goals and, um, you know, the, them winning games but i love that it's not easy for him because it shouldn't be easy for him and by the end of this episode you see that jamie gets it and it's great there's and i think there's a number of things that contribute to that very clearly dr sharon is a huge component of that the miracle worker yes but you know even going back to what you were saying about how his skill like he is so overconfident in the fact that he thinks his skill is what's going to fix things like he's going to mm-hmm. show them he's still an amazing player but you know how you said like it, when they get back at him like it's sam who shows him like take that weak shit somewhere else Jamie is being the same old Jamie. He's still doing like these long runs by himself to try and get in there and score the goal. But Sam comes in and and, and knocks it right out of him. Like that's way that's Sam's way of saying like, look, we've learned 
we've, you know, we've yeah. learned more. You haven't. We're a team. Yeah. So and that's not still- going to work. Right. And that's the one glaring um, <laughs> kitty. That's the one <laughs> glaring weakness that Jamie has that I don't think he understands is, is as much of a weakness as it is, is that he's not a team player. He doesn't know what it's like to be on a team. And that's the biggest lesson that he's going to learn in this episode. By the end of this episode, he's like, we're a team and we should all wear the same kit. To me, that was Jamie saying, I get it. I get it. And I'm with you because I want to be with you. Well, in that so in that scene where Keely is walking him to Dr. Sharon's office, like he walks into Keely's office to talk to Keely. And then Brilliant she takes move him. by Keely. Yeah, like uh, she just pawns him off on somebody loved who it. actually wants to hear it. Yeah. But, you know, there's that conversation where Keely says, like, I'm just dealing with something because Sam doesn't want to do doesn't want to do the do by air ad anymore. Jamie's like, well, why not? Like, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. But he's like, he doesn't question why Sam doesn't want to do it. He's not thinking about the reasons behind that. And it's very interesting when Sam, you know, when you fast forward into the locker room later, when Sam's putting the tape over the Dubai air logo, there's a moment where you can, it pans over to Jamie and you can see Jamie finally gets it. Like you said, there's a moment that it just kind of clicks. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that Jamie still saw, because I'm sure he probably got it at man city. Like the way I'm sure coaches there looked at them as players, not people. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Ted is very different. He sees them as people before players. Right. That is a lesson that Jamie had to learn too, because he saw Sam as just a player Player. who is like, this guy's my teammate. He's a player, this guy. But now he sees Sam as like, okay, this person's my teammate as a person. Mm -hmm. Well, and he sees that he has three Nigerian, um, teammates who mm-hmm. have decided to take a stand and this is a huge stand that they are about to take i mean by doing what they're doing and they're not even addressing it with rebecca or ted or anything beforehand this is a decision that they are making on their own this is a protest and it's and it's huge yeah. it's their mm-hmm. biggest it's their biggest um sponsor right yeah. and sam addresses the the team and he's just like listen I don't expect any of you to do this, okay? You have to understand why we, as Nigerians, are going to do this. This is not something we want to put on you. And I think that that has a really big effect on Jamie as well, because Jamie sees that Sam is doing something that he believes in, and he doesn't want to hurt anybody else in the process. And Jamie's like, you know what? No, we're a team. I want to prove that we're a team. I want to prove that I have changed to Sam. It is the perfect moment for Jamie to stand up and lead uh, the other teammates that way. Because if Jamie was going to do that and lead that, then everybody else was going to do it as well. Because they all hate Jamie so much. And I think in this moment, Jamie earns everyone's respect, which is wonderful because it's such a breakthrough moment for everybody. Well, here he earns everybody's respect, especially Sam's. I mean, when they give each other that nod, I just, I loved it so much. When they give each other the nod right before they go out onto the pitch. Yeah. Like that's a huge moment. 
um, you know, basically acknowledging what is going on, like mm-hmm. the respect that they have between them without saying it. Right. And then at the end, after they lose the game and they're back in the locker room and it's celebrating, Jamie, it's Jamie that they're celebrating the loss, but they're celebrating Sam at the right. same time. Too. Yeah. And it's Jamie's the one that, you know, steps up and says, like, you know, we're proud of what you did. We stand behind you. Like, it. he's the one that's addressing it. Yeah. And it's, well, it, and he, it's a huge moment for Jamie. And he also says, you know, uh, Sam managed to do, what did he say? I've got, I've got to look <laughs> at the transcript. But he says, like, Sam managed to do, like, the one thing uh, that that couldn't be done or something, and that's to overshadow me or a, something. A toast to Sam, who did something incredible tonight. The little Nigerian prick stole my thunder. Yeah, yeah. And but he and I love it that he did it in a tongue-in-cheek way. I love it that that game was about Jamie Tart's return to football, Jamie Tart's return to Richmond. Like, that is huge for a Richmond fan. And Sam turned it around and made it about what was happening with um, this oil company and his home country and his team, including Jamie Tart, backed him. Well, not only that, but Rebecca backed him. T- Lasso backed him. Lasso Ted, said, Ted hey. backed him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and the very curious thing is too, like there's, there's something that's kind of said in passing in the episode to kind of portray the weight that this decision has. Yeah. There's a conversation with Higgins, I think it's Keeley, and Nora, where they're talking about the financial trouble that the team is already in. Yeah. Because they're paying these guys Premier League salaries when they're in a champ when they're in the league below in the championship league. So it really it's causing them to be in the red already, even with Dubai Air. Right. So for them to lose. Dubai Air because of this is going to hurt the team even more. Doesn't matter. Doesn't no, matter to Rebecca. Doesn't matter to Ted. Doesn't matter to anybody. Well, it it's mattered the support to Rebecca. Of the team. It mattered to Rebecca until Nora put it in perspective for her. Nora True. was key in this episode. She's like, you know what? Sometimes doing the right thing means that you, you know, feel like it's the wrong thing, but it's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. And the right thing to do in this instance was to back your your player was to back Sam, especially a, a a player that is so rooted in his values and his morals, and he's so kind. And he and I mean, he even went into the office and said, "Listen, I'm really sorry to do this to you. I know that this is going to be a problem, but let me tell you the problem that I am having right now mm-hmm. with with this ad campaign." And Rebecca didn't even think twice. She goes, "We've got this." It's handled. I don't want you to worry about it for one more second. That is, and 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 I'm coming off of leaving a job that it was just horribly toxic and self-serving for the people that I worked with. To get that kind of support just right off the bat, that brought a tear to my eye because that is not normal. Yeah. You know, especially when uh what's his name richard cole right dick cole (laughs) um yeah i think that's it he said uh he said fine you know what i'll let you out of this campaign but you got to get rid of sam obasanya and she's like no screw you but she would have done it had nora not been there i think Uh, mm, i question that i don't think she would have gotten rid of sam um i i think there would have been Definite negotiations on the fact to try and 
maybe work some other way so that they can keep Dubai Air as a sponsor. But I don't think I I, I want to give Rebecca a little bit more respect than that and say that I don't think she would have dropped Sam. Um, okay. Just because I, I think she already knew the kind of respect for her, or not. It's just a, it's a yeah. money. It's a business. It's a, it's a business decision. Decision. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I no. I I'd like to think that Rebecca's morals were already beyond that, and I don't think she would have. I think maybe she would have pondered the idea, but I don't think she would have done it. Even well, I just or love it because Nora's Nora Nora's taking a business. Uh, a business perspective with her reasoning, but she, we come to learn that Sam Obasanya is like her Kobe Bryant. Oh and yeah. So, and so for, for, for Sam Obasanya to like leave her godmother's team, that was just not going to happen on Nora's watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the fact too, that like after they make the protest and then we see that the entire team is behind it now, cause Jamie stepped up and started it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, started it for the rest of the team, not for yeah. for Sam and, and um, McAdoo. Uh, but, you know, we see everybody's doing it. She immediately gets the call and just hits ignores decline. Yep. yep. Ignores that call. And that's the moment where we see like, okay, Rebecca's behind this too. Like she's, she's standing well, behind stadium, her team. The whole stadium is applauding the team yeah. for their protest, you know? Um, and, when you have the public support of it, like it's really difficult to back down from that. Like it's, 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 it, it puts Dubai air into an impossible situation because the public now backs it. So if you're going to fight and you're going to go up against this team that has put you, that has exposed you to what you're doing to Nigerian people, when the team that they love so much has three Nigerian players, then yeah, you're going to get some backlash for it. Like, well, but, and it's also interesting too, that to realize, you know, that while it is a good protest on Sam's behalf, Sam, even Sam wasn't fully aware of the circumstances right. uh, of everything going on. It was his father that told him. Cause well, he's not at home. Yeah. So he doesn't he lives see in everything England. too. Yeah. Right. He lives in England. And so he's, uh, I, I can't, cause we know Sam so well. And especially if you've seen the whole show and you know, and you really know Sam so well, you know that this hits him right in the heart, like in the heart of his hearts. And, uh, he has a good dad. His, his Nigerian heritage. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a bold statement, but I don't think it's untrue at all. His Nigerian heritage is so important to him. It trumps AFC Richmond. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I mean as, and we learned that later in the series. Yeah, that he loves know. that team, mm-hmm. but like his heritage is the most important thing in his life. Well, and m- making his father proud of him as well. Well, I think that's I think that kind of goes into his right. His, his family, his heritage, yeah. his home country. That is that's his identity. He's a he's a football player second to all of that. Mm-hmm. He's Nigerian first. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? There aren't enough people like that. That, you know, I mean, and there's a lot of people like in this country that are like, oh, America first, America first. Okay. But that's ugly in a lot of ways. Well, and also, and not to get too political, too, the people that are America first, a lot of those people don't actually understand what that means. Right. They're doing it incorrectly. Okay. 
All right, that's fair. Yeah. So when you see somebody who just loves their country so much that they want to protect it and they want to use their voice to try and protect their country because of the corruption and the and the wrongdoing that's being ha- that's happening to his people when he's not there, you know. And Trent Krim does an amazing job of um of kind of needling out what Sam is trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we we were talking about this last night um that Trent Krim is a serious journalist and he's on the football circuit for some reason, right? So you yeah. see him stand up and he's got a story and you see it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. You see it in his body language. This is a story that he can sink his teeth into. And he finally got his moment. Well, there's, there's multiple things that come out of that look in that moment too. Cause for, like you said, Trent Krim is actually an amazing journalist. And you can tell he's different than anybody else in that room. And I can't, for those of you that are watching for the first time, Trent's story is far from finished. And I really can't wait until we get into the next chapter of Trent Krim. I love Trent Krim so much. He is a huge character in this story. Um, But in you're right. In that moment where like, when he's a quiet, like I have another question. Like when he asked the second question, like, are you calling out the Nigerian government for, are you openly, openly? Yeah. Um, you're right. There's two <clears throat> there's two things to be taken from that moment. And there's one, you're right. Trent has a story. Finally. It, like this, he asked the question that created this story. Like this Did is. Did you see his eyes though? Because he took his pen and he just pointed it at him and he's like, Yeah, yeah you are. <clears throat> yes, you are. Well, and that's the other thing that I comes from that comes from that moment too, in my opinion, is that Trent has massive respect for Sam in this moment. It, yeah, absolutely. I like have chills just talking about it right now. That's so funny um, because he's so laid back. He's, he's always like Trent Krim, the independent. No, what? Blah, 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 blah. Right. But like he says, he says something. Are you, uh, he says something. And then he goes, he, and then Sam says something back to him and everybody, Oh, he goes, I'm not here to talk about football. That's what Sam says. I'm not here to talk about football. I'm here to talk about what the Nigerian government is doing to uh, the Nigerian people. I have it. I yeah, have it. Pull, please, I, I pulled up. Um, Trent Krim says, you know, Trent Krim independent. Sam, do you think that your protest might have distracted the team tonight and led to the loss? I'm not here to talk about football. I'm here to ask the Nigerian government to put an end to decades of environmental destruction caused by cerithium oil. Destruction that the powers that be have turned a blind eye towards for far too long. Do you have any questions about that? And Trim And says, so everybody oh. gets crazy in there. Yep. And it's the <clears throat> first time we see Trent Krim actually yell and get nuts because he's like, no. Yeah. I he's like, no, follow up question, please. Yep. Thank you. And then he says, Sam, are you openly accusing the Nigerian government of corruption? And Sam says, yes, I am. And then that's pretty much beautiful. I mean, yeah. both of these characters who have been backdrop characters up until now have now found their story, have now yeah. found their footing. And they the just end. got pushed closer to the front. And it's awesome. It's awesome because. Uh, these are these are two of my absolute favorite characters on the show for sure. I think Trent Krim is my favorite character on the show. Um, and you know what's funny too is like I I love it because you know these are actors that have been around for a while and like yeah. especially James Lance in particular who has done a number of different things. But I just didn't know who he was until this show. 
And now I want to go back and I want to see other stuff he's done because. Yeah, but only as Trent Krim. (laughs) I need a Trent Krim show. Well, I think I think I talked a little bit about this before. I know I mentioned it to you. There was a there was a press conference at the White House uh, with the cast of Ted Lasso. It was uh, obviously like Brendan Hunt, Jason Sudeikis, um, uh, Hannah Waddingham, a number of the players. And they were doing this press conference and it was on, I think, mental health and sports. They were actually talking a little bit about that. And they were asking reporters in the press room for questions. And towards the end of it, they said that, you know, they, they only had time for one more question. So we, we got to make it a good one. And they went out to the crowd and James Lance was sitting in the audience as Trent Krim. I love it. So the last question they took was from Trent Krim. The independent. <laughs> so like <laughs> you can tell like he just embraces that role too. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because like you mentioned, it's one it. Trent Krim may not be a favorite character to some people watching for the first time, but he will. He will be. Don't worry. He, he will. He will grow. He yeah. will be. I loved him from the first time I laid eyes on him in the first season. Mm. Like I was like, "Ooh, I like you. I can't wait for more of you. <laughs> <laughs> season three is a huge season for Trent. Oh, yeah. Season three is where we really get to know Trent Krim. So, yeah, I'm excited. But um, but yeah, I that whole moment with Sam and Trent in the press room. And then Sam, Sam knows that he has put himself into a pretty precarious position and he was prepared to go that road alone. And I think because Sam is who he is and because he usually has the moral high ground anyways, he has unending support from everybody around him because you can't help but support Sam Obasanya. You you Mm -hmm. just can't help yourself. He's amazing and wonderful and you love him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the other thing about that too, is that when you look at the team dynamic, you look at the fact that when Sam put the tape over Dubai oil, the rest of the team had no idea why they don't know the details of why Sam is doing this. They just know that Sam has an issue with Dubai oil and it involves his home. Yeah. And that was enough Mm -hmm. for the rest of the team to stand in protest with Sam. They didn't need the details. All they needed to know was that this was important to Sam. So it's now important to us. He gave them the details in the, in the, not completely. Um, he only says, you know, that I think he pretty much said it was something that affected his country. Um, I'm trying to find it now. Oh, yeah. It's a, they say, why you? Why are you? What are you doing? Is Dubai Air not paying you enough? Uh, he says, no, Dubai Air is owned by a horrible company, one that has turned the southern coast of Nigeria into a hellish, fiery swamp. I can no longer wear their name on my chest. That was enough. In, that was enough information. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially since they were like razzing him about his endorsement deal, you know? And he's like, no, guys, this has, I'm not a prima donna. I'm not Jamie Tart. You know, I'm not just going to do things to build myself up. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to use my celebrity for good. Mm -hmm. You know, And, and, and after watching Jamie Tart use his celebrity for evil, and um, it's just, it, 
it's just such a wonderful heartwarming moment to see that Ted Lasso has really shaped this team because if Sam decided to take this stance with the old coach on the team, I'm pretty sure he would have been alone in this situation. Oh, if he did this, if he did it with George, um, not only would he have been alone, he would have been punished. He would have been kicked off the team. Yeah. That would have been yeah. the end of Sam Obasanya. Yeah. So he, he would have been punished. The lasso effect has taken hold. It's we are being shown that the audience is being shown that the lasso effect is is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. yeah, it's real. But um, you know, let's 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 turn from the lasso effect to the tasso effect. Oh my god! <laughs> so. <laughs> That has so never I, worked. <laughs> so I remember I re- going back like to the beginning of this, like I remember that I knew there was an episode coming up with Led Tasso. I couldn't remember which episode it was because it's only one episode. It's only a small part of the episode. So I was like, I know Led Tasso exists. I can't remember <laughs> when it was. So when that scene finally came up in this rewatch, when he was like, I think it's time for them to meet that guy. I was like, this is it. This is the moment that we all meet Led Tessa. (laughs) 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 And I love that this is something that Ted and Beard have attempted on multiple occasions. And it's never worked. It's well, with the exception of Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) But yeah, like it's it's something that they've done, but has never worked before. But you gotta love that Ted has like he's not giving up on it. It will work eventually. Well, and he really fully commits to this role. Yeah, he does, which is but fantastic. But it says a lot too, in that you know we talked a little bit about during season one how he was only able to ever get angry. When he was pretend, when he was mocking something else, like when he did the whole Allen Iverson speech uh, to Jamie, like that was his way of getting angry. He has to filter it through something. He can't just be straight angry. Right. So like he does it again, too, with this one that like he he has to filter showing a little bit of anger, even if it's fake through a made up character. Mm hmm. He can't just go out there himself. No. And be Ted Lasso who's mad and take the attention off of Jamie. It had to be through something else. Well, I mean, the one time that he actually yelled at somebody was when he yelled at Nate. Uh, when Nate came by his hotel room. Yeah. Um, early in season one. And that, I mean, really like affected him. He apologized and, you know, he he didn't mean to do it, but he was drunk. He was drunk. Yeah. Yeah. So he definitely has some things that he keeps bottled up inside and he's found some creative ways to let it out. <laughs> but um, I loved it because it looked like it was going to work at first because Jamie's like, stop yelling at us. Like, like, mm-hmm. please stop. He's like, oh, you want to suck? Fine. Practice canceled. Thank Jamie for it. You know, and everybody's like, thanks a lot, Jamie. Like, <laughs> it didn't work. They were all more angry with him at the end. <laughs> But but I love my favorite part of of Led Tasso, the whole thing. Like it's it's a lot of fun watching him do that and like watching him pretend to be angry and making all these stupid quotes while he's doing it. But my absolute favorite part though is how it ends. Yeah. 
with beard just clapping in his face. <laughs> it's like, whoa, how long was I out? <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're safe now. <laughs> you know, beard beard really does um, tolerate a lot from Ted. <laughs> yes, he does. But, you know, I mean, of course he does because he's beard and he's weird. He's weird beard. Yeah. But he commits to it. Like, it. that's the thing. Like, he knows full on that this is most likely not going to work. But he still backs Ted in his decision to try it. Because Ted's head coach. It, it, well, not only that, but I, I think it's a little bit more than that. I think it's also that he just, he knows in his heart, Ted is trying to help. So he's yeah. allowing him to do it. He's like, okay, I guess we'll try this. That's fine. <laughs> Let's see if this works. <laughs> How long is the word? Never. Never worked. Um, but yeah, meeting Led Tasso again was fantastic. Unfortunately, it is the last time we ever meet Led Tasso throughout. I don't the think we need series. him again. No. I th- I think we're pretty good in yeah. that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um Let's see. What else do I have? We talked a lot about Jamie. I think we covered almost pretty much everything with Jamie. Um, I love that Roy helps Rebecca with Nora because Rebecca didn't know what to do with Nora and wanted to like try and recapture their old relationship, not realizing that it's six years later and Nora has evolved and she's 12 now. Um, And so she's got new interests and she's got an intelligence that Rebecca doesn't know because she's been out of her life for so long. And I love it that Roy shows Rebecca that they just want to be with us. You know, they just want to be with you. And Roy's like, Hey, uh, Phoebe, I have an appointment with my podiatrist. Do you want to come? She's like, oh, yes, please. And he's like, see, I don't understand it. It's fucking annoying. I don't, but that's how it is. So Rebecca's like, do you want to go to work with me? And Nora's just like, hell yeah, I do. Yeah. And then she learns that like Nora idolizes Rebecca. Well, and, and that's like such a touching moment to me too. Like when she's like, well, how long have you ever wanted to, you know, how long is it that you wanted to do this? I, do I have it? Um and she's like, since since you started since doing you it. did it, yeah, yeah. And she uh, learns in the episode that Nora's got some real chops. I mean, for twelve years old, she's got a handle on what Rebecca does for a living, and the ins and outs of like what would seemingly be the most boring aspects of Rebecca's job. Yeah. Yeah, she wants to go to the meetings and but you're like you said, she's got some chops for it. Like it's it's such a great moment when like I said, when Higgins and Keeley are talking to her about the budget and Nora's like, oh, so like the budget is shit. And Higgins is like, she figured it out faster than Ted did. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cause she knew it right there. Nora is an intelli- is an incredibly intelligent kid. Well, and you know, you know that the pedigree that uh, stinky and sassy are they went to you know all the best schools in Britain mm-hmm. so you know that as a world renowned psychologist psychiatrist whatever that sassy is obviously she's putting her daughter Nora through the same um, education so she probably not only is already brilliant but she's getting the quality education that a brilliant mind like hers deserves yeah yeah I yeah, I can see that as well. I forgot about the schooling aspect of it. But like and that's like I I love that too when you realize that about Sassy. Like you're right. She is a renowned psychologist and 
she de- you would never know it Mm-mm. by meeting her with her personality. Right. You'd never know it at all. But that's what I love about that, too, when you find out things about people that you just would have never suspected. You're like, really? You? Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, Nora is an incredibly, you know, in- incredibly gifted and smart kid. And you're right. We don't get enough of her throughout the series. We get more. It's definitely not the last time we see Nora. But actually, I don't know if we ever see her in season three. I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I think we only see her maybe one or two more times more in season two. She's fantastic. I wish that that I wish that she had been on it more, but I understand it's an adult show. Can't have too many children on the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Let's see. What else we got? Nate still being a bit, you kind of see that Nate is still working himself out here a little bit. Ted and Beard give each other looks when Nate starts talking about how he deleted the banter app as soon as he um, downloaded it, downloaded it. Well, I, so I actually gave a little freedom to Nate this episode. That's not the way, right way to put it. I don't think there's any progress with Nate in this episode, but I also don't think there's any regression with Nate in this episode either. Um, We kind of get a little bit of a break from Nate as far as the mean side of Nate that we've been seeing in the past couple episodes. I don't think we, we don't get any of that. We get his pleasure out of knowing that Jamie's going to be punished by the team, but he's not, undermining anybody in this episode like we've seen in the past two no he's not but he's also making it known that he is very particular when it comes to women and and then he he says turns out women are also very (laughs) yes which is hilarious because he's sitting there going like you know oh well i'll only date like certain kinds of women and he's like but you know goes both ways (laughs) yeah yeah, but yeah, yeah, we get the this is something that is going to be a continuing story, and that is banter. Yes. Um, not gonna say anything more about it unless you listen to spoilers, because we'll talk a little bit more about it in spoilers. But um, yeah, banter is going to be a running thing for a little while this season and is going to play into some pretty big moments of yeah, it's coming up this season. Um, I also learned a new uh, term this week, and that is digital intimacy, which um, (laughs) sharing a cloud iCloud account. I got to tell you, though, I get it. Like, it took me a minute to to figure that out. But yeah, I mean, if you share an iCloud account with somebody, you are sharing a lot of yourself, probably more of yourself than if you were just in a like a non-digital relationship. You know, because like they could see what you're downloading, what um, what you have on your phone, on your computer. I mean, that's that's a big step. I didn't really realize that that was a big step in a relationship because I got married. And when I got married, iPhones came out, you know, so Mm -hmm. I really did not understand about digital intimacy because apparently I've always had it. (laughs) Well, and I also I'm. I'm not an Apple person, so I don't completely understand like how sharing an account like that works. Yeah. Because I don't have Apple. I don't have Apple products. I've always been an Android and, and Samsung person. Um, so, I, you know, 
I didn't realize that an iCloud account allows you to see everything. Right. To me, to me, it sounded more like, okay, like, oh, this is like sharing a OneDrive. You can both upload pictures to, to your OneDrive account. Right. But apparently iCloud is not like that. Like you can see activities too. Right. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. I, well, it, it'll tell you what apps you're downloading. It'll tell you um, <clears throat> what you have saved on your computer. Um, you know, it's an, it's an iCloud account. So, I mean, if he, if he downloads banter, then she also sees it in the cloud. Oh, I don't, I don't like that. No, right. Digital intimacy. I mean, it's it, not like I have anything to hide, but you know, I, it's, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't like that transparency. I don't like totally it. Totally agree. I look, yeah. I, I've always had that transparency because that all came out when I first got married. So yeah. that's not something that I even put in my head as something that was a step in a relationship. Like it shows how much dating has changed in the last 20 years. Yeah, exactly. So I want to, I want to switch to the diamond dogs meeting, <laughs> which we talked a little bit about because that yep. was the whole banter app that we, you mentioned with Nate. Um, but I noticed something in this episode, and it really made me smile. It's such a little nod, but when I when I heard it and I put some thought into it, it really made me smile. Higgins gets a call from his wife in this ep- in this scene, mm-hmm. and because that's why he's like, oh, you know, diamond dogs disperse and they all do the barking and they leave. But did you happen to notice what Higgins' ringtone? I was? did not. No. It's the Rolling Stones song, She's a Rainbow. Oh. Which I just think is so sweet because one, it's it really dives in because it is a lesser known song by the Rolling Stones. Um, you know, not as many people. It's it's popular, but not as many. It's not as big as, you know, Satisfaction or anything like that. Um, paint It Black. Or, or Paint It Black, which is one of their all-time best. Um, so... It shows more, it dives more into the love of music that Higgins has. Not just jazz, but just music music in Good general. Good music. But it's very sweet that, like, that's what he thinks of his wife. Like She's a rainbow. She, she's a rainbow in my life. And I'm like, oh. yeah, that was just really sweet. And Higgins is the most wholesome character on that show. Yeah. Oh, just wait till next episode when we're talking about the Christmas yeah. episode. It is such a great Higgins episode. Yeah. Well, the best the Christ- ones are because Amsterdam too, man. Oh, that's right. Amsterdam's a big Higgins episode as well. Higgins is a is a unsung hero of, yeah. of this show for sure. I love Abs- Higgins. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think going over, looking over my notes, let's see. We talked about the text from Sam's dad. We talked about Sam showing Jamie on the field that they're better on the pitch that they're better. Uh, Nate getting pleasure out of the thought of Jamie getting hurt. Uh, you know, oh, here's here, so before we get to the actual proper apologies and everybody making good, we do get a moment in the beginning of this episode where Jamie does step up to make an attempt to apologize to everybody. Kind of, yeah. I, I, Look, it's a learning moment in that at least he knows he was a douchebag. Yeah. And like, but he just, he doesn't know how to properly, like, 
he he's apologizing with words. Now he needs to apologize with his actions. Mm-hmm. But seeing the whole team go into turmoil after McAdoo says, like, you got us relegated. Like, there's this moment where as everybody's leaving the locker room, Sam walks by Ted and gives him this look. Yes, he said, I told you. And it is a major, I told you so. Yep. Like, that was Sam saying, like, warned you. Yep, he did. This is what was going to happen. But you know what? By the end of the episode, I think Ted could give him the same look. Well, and that's the uh, that's another beauty of Ted's coaching, too, is that Ted had confidence that this would work and that when no ev- one else did, when nobody. nobody, nobody, even Beard yeah. was was questioning it. And Ted always had confidence that this would work. And he didn't even have to interfere to make it work. These guys fixed it on their own. Yeah. Last he, had, he had the confidence in his team that this is a situation would re- that would repair itself. Yeah. And it did. Kind and of. it did. It started. It, it has begun. I think it's made some major steps. Yeah. Oh, big time steps. You win Sam, Sam over, you've pretty much got the hard part taken care of because Sam, if if the nicest guy on the team hates you, that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, it was a great moment in Sam giving Ted that like, Oh, told you. I love Sam. I love (laughs) Sam Obasanya so much. Such a great character. And this is again, this is a huge episode for him taking that stand and the stuff like I, we're just about to go into spoiler territory, but non-specific spoiler, man, the stuff with his Nigerian heritage that we have yet to get is great. Cause this is not the end. At no, all. no, no, no. This is there's, just uh, the beginning. Yeah. There's some really great heritage moments coming up with, yep. with Nate or with, <sighs> not with Nate, with Sam. I love Sam. So, Anything else before we we take a quick dive into spoilers? I'm excited. All right. So with that said, if this is your first time watching, you kind of want to avoid spoilers. Uh, We're going to break for a little bit of a spoiler conversation. But if you want to come back afterwards, which we hope you do, just check the show notes. And after that, we'll do favorite quotes, feedback and all that fun stuff. But uh, I'm going to throw this one out there just because it's real quick. When Keely is spelling the banter app and Colin is the one that says, oh, like, oh, like grinder. grinder. Yep. yep. And everybody pauses and you're just like, oh, well, look at that. <laughs> and, you know, I think what the funny I think the funny thing about that is too. my upon first watch of this series still didn't pick up on anything. Not even a little bit. Nope. Nope. Because I, because, I mean, we're straight people and we know what grinder is. Exactly. It made me think that just Colin was making a joke. Right. Right. But you see that he has fear in his eyes on a second look. Well, because everybody's looking at him. Well, but he has said something and he just realized he got a little too comfortable because he still has to put on a show. Yeah. Every, as everybody gets comfortable with each other and they're allowed to be their their true selves, especially with Sam in this episode where he gets to proudly claim his Nigerian heritage and get backed by the team. And Colin still feels too scared to be who he really is in this moment. Like he is still putting on a show, but he got too comfortable because he trusts these guys. These are the guys who he trusts the most, but he still doesn't trust them with 
who he actually is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's there's still something that he has to hide. He can't be like you said, he can't be as open right to something about himself or as proud about himself as Mac as as Sam is being right now. Right. He still right. kind of has to keep that to himself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that was my big that was my biggest spoiler. Um one of the other spoilers that I that I wanted to talk about was um um Sam being backed by Rebecca. Um because I think that there is there's a respect between the two of them. And as we know, it develops into something more by accident. Um, because of banter, by the because way. Because of banter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really excited for this storyline because it's about to, it's about to happen. So I'm really excited about, you know, I think the texts actually start next week during the Christmas episode. Um, no. I don't think they happen until episode five. Oh, really? Because I just rewatched the Christmas episode again, and okay. I don't remember their. I think it's focused more on like the actual holiday itself and the and the giving and everything. I don't oh, think okay. the text between Sam and Rebecca start until episode five. And you don't um, know that it's Sam and Rebecca until much later. No, they actually do. If I remember correctly, they actually do a pretty good job of making you believe it's Rebecca it's and Ted. Ted. Yeah. yeah, they do a really good job making you believe that it's Rebecca and Ted. And then when it's revealed that it's Sam, it's so, it's so left field. Yeah. But it's it's such a cute little relationship fling that happens, you know? Which I think, you know, in the end ends up, we'll talk a little bit more about it as we get to those moments too. But it's something, it's, it's a fling between the two of them, but it, ha- like, it helps both of them. Yeah so much in their they growth. come out of it and they come out of it different people for sure and and for the better yeah 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 yeah. you know there and it never it never causes any friction or animosity with them afterwards it's like That's we the learn most from, refreshing yeah. part about this show is that nothing is overly dramatic for television's sake yeah you know they keep they they really do a very good a very good job keeping their eye on the prize with yeah. this show and and streamlining um, their story, which I think that's why the show is so well received, is because we don't have to go through the most the most annoying part of the entire series is the whole fake love triangle between Keely and Roy and Jamie. Like it's so unnecessary and unneeded, but they do it anyways in the third season just to do it because it's a trope, I guess. I don't know. But at least they don't give it to us until the end of season three. Like, it's not the whole season. Mm -hmm. It Um, reminds me of, if you watch How I Met Your Mother, it reminds me of Barney, Ted, and Robin Scherbatsky. Yeah. Totally unneeded. Kind of funny. But, you know. I mean, and look, I'm going to put it out there, too. I've said this before during our last coverage. It's not actually a triangle. I know I said it and you know, I knew you were going to, um, no, I, I get it. It's, you know, and I'm not going to beat a dead horse with it, but you know, I, I always shake my head at the term love triangle anyway, cause it's yeah. not really a triangle. Um, it's basically just a point. 
That's, right. that's kind of all it is. It's it's an arrowhead. That's all it is. Um, Which yeah, the an arrowhead's a triangle. No, it's not. Shut up. Um, no. <laughs> I do want to go back to what I was saying too about when we talked a little bit about Colin. Uh, I was I I did have a little bit of a bummer because I thought we get the Colin stuff this season. It's not until season three. Right. Yeah. It's that not, Colin. Well, that right. Colin is revealed as gay. Right. But I mean, if you're watching season two or even parts of season one. Really, um, there are hints. Oh that yeah, he's hiding his homosexuality. What's funny to me is that, um, is that like as a viewer, I never picked up on it until no. the third season because it, you know, never really matters to me, anyways. But um, it's just funny because in season three, if you're not looking, if you're not looking at the signs that they're dropping, the breadcrumbs that they're dropping along the way, you're like, we've just decided to make this player gay for what reason, you know? But then you go back and you rewatch it and you're like, oh, I see. We've we've been led into this. We just well, didn't see it. But on that note, though, there is another character who turns out to be gay in season three who there are no breadcrumbs at all. Yeah, I know. It's it. Yeah, Trent Krim, man. Trent Krim is gay. Well, and I think that he he didn't come out until I mean, because he was married. He had children. And then he mentions he, Ted. Ted mentions making biscuits for his daughter. Right. Yeah. Which is not to say that he is not in a in a loving, married, gay relationship with a kid. I think he was actually married to a woman and had kids, if I remember his story correctly. I don't remember exactly what his story is. Because he says that, his he says his story in the third season. He says it to Colin. Yeah. Because he comes out to Colin. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and he's he is out. You know, he I mean, he's already publicly out, I think, in this world, in this universe, right. but right. he it's never addressed. So we we just kind of don't know. Right. But he he is huge in helping Colin to this idea of, of being, being more comfortable, okay. right, of being, being more comfortable. Yeah. Right. Well, because I think and it's true, if you are a professional athlete and you're gay and you're a man, there is still a huge stigma attached to that today in today's world in 2023, almost 2024. I guess we're in 2024 now. It's still for some reason, not okay to be a gay professional male athlete. Yeah. I I don't get that. And I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. And it sucks because it should be okay. And it's this male chauvinistic garbage that keeps these men in the dark. Yeah. It's it's a shame. Um, but, you know, it shows like Ted Lasso that kind of address it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we're going to get by the end of this series is addressing mental health and sports. Yes. Something that they felt so powerful about and so compelled about that they continue that they actually went on public and political stages, as I mentioned, when they went to the White House. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to continue to talk about it outside of the show. Yeah. Well, it's that important. Yeah. So, but I think that's pretty much all I had. I wanted to, uh, you know, there was the like grinder comment. And then I wanted to bring up the, the stuff with, uh, with Sam and Rebecca, because banter is a huge part of their banter is the reason why that happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I, I mean, I mean, the, the idea of a dating app where you don't see each other 
sounds okay, but I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. And I don't know how you feel about it. And I don't know how others feel about it. Like personality is huge when I meet somebody and I feel a connection to them, but there always has to at least be an initial attraction. Yes. So I don't know if the idea of banter is something that would interest me if it existed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it does exist. I don't think an app like it exists. I could be wrong, but it'd be nice. I think everything should be anonymous these days. I really do. I like the idea of making friends through an app like that, but I don't know if I would use it as a dating app. Well, I think that it's nice because people are pretty superficial. Um, and it is good to get to know somebody for who they are. Um, rather than, uh, how they look. And I think that, um, you know, human beings just get, they, they just fall into that trap, uh, so easily on whether or not they're good looking, you know, and so many people who, you know, they're not a bunch of Chris Hemsworth's or Idris Elba's, but, uh, you know, they're, they're solid, solid people. And they don't get a chance because they don't look like a movie star. And so I understand the intention behind it. Oh, I absolutely understand the intention. And maybe it would work better in my opinion. Because I think the way banter works, if I remember correctly, is you don't – you never see them on the app. Mm -hmm. You don't don't know what each other looks like until you decide to meet in person. Um, I think maybe do something where after a certain number of messages, Mm -hmm. it reveals – what you look like after there's already been a little bit of conversation. I don't like the idea of, Oh, when we meet in person is how we're going to know what we look like. I don't like that idea. Right. Um, but maybe if like, after like, well, after you've communicated 10 messages, we'll reveal your picture to the other person. Maybe something like that. We are spending way too much time on a fake app. I don't care. I don't care either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything else on your end in spoiler territory? Nope, I'm good. All right, so welcome back to everybody else who dropped out for spoiler talk. Uh, we're going to talk about, of course, some of our favorite quotes from the episode. I'll leave it to you to, uh, to start. I have, a, I have a bunch. So I have a couple, but okay. my favorite one of the whole, and this is the one where, uh, where last night Dave goes, oh, well, that's going in quotes. <laughs> um, but it was after the lead tasso, um, after the lead tasso practice training, and they're talking with Dr. Sharon, and they talk, and she goes, uh, they talk about, has it ever worked? Uh, uh, trying to remember, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese, that's right. Um, and then they talk, they talk about that, and they said, oh, well, maybe they don't have Chuck E. Cheese here. Oh, yeah. Y'all might call it something different here, like uh, Charles Edgar Cheeserton III or something, right? He's a mouse, but he's also a musician. He loves video games and pizza. This whole interchange when they're talking about Chuck E. Cheese is just freaking hilarious. But when they said, Lord, uh, oh, shoot. See, I've it's already gone. Lord Charles Edgar Cheeserton III. <laughs> I just died. I just thought that was hilarious because it's so British. Now, yeah, that, that's a great one, too. Um, let's see. Let me look at some of mine. Uh, I'll, I'll go to when when Roy was uh, 
uh, pundit. Oh. And and he's like, they're like, tell you know, tell us something real. And he's like, Jamie Tart is a Muppet, and I hope he dies of the incurable condition of being a little bitch. Yes, that was and actually George, the next one on my list. <laughs> and George is like, right? Don't hold back, Roy. Yeah, come on, tell us how you really feel. Okay, you're a shit manager. <laughs> Not about me, you twat. Yeah, and they're like, well, you know, and they, and they all and and the guy next to him was like, well, you know, the truth hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Ted says, make like Dunstan Union and bring it on, baby. <laughs> Which also leads me to, um, oh, we're, hold on. Where is it? Uh, all right, Lloyd, why don't you go all Pat Benatar on me? Yeah. <laughs> and hit you with my best shot. Fire away. Fire away. <laughs> um, when bad things happen to people like me, y'all tend to write about it without even being asked. That was very good. That, that was, was very, very truthful. Good. Yes. I loved when he said that because he, he called out the press. He was like, listen, I'm a white person. If this was happening to white people, you would be all over it, but this is happening to Brown people. So you don't know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, think of me as his own personal Mr. Miyagi, except with all that extra yard work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still can't believe, I still can't believe y'all don't have pads in this sport. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) rebecca and roy outside the doll store wow she really loves you i know it's fucking annoying (laughs) (laughs) also right from also with nora and phoebe talking right so how'd her parents die factory fire eaten by rats no zoe's from the modern line her parents were canceled Oh, oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's so funny. And and then the entire uh exchange between Nora and Rebecca when they're writing the email to uh, which, Richard Cole, which you have. I have as a as a clip, yeah. Are you uh, pl- are you playing it in the beginning or are you gonna just play it right now? I'm gonna play it right now. Oh, perfect. Hey, Dick Cole. Dear Richard Cole. You creepy old Peter. My old Friend, Sam isn't going anywhere, arsehole. I have decided not to release Sam Obisanya. You're a shitty old man with a tiny shriveled penis. I feel sorry for your wife. Her life must be a constant hell. Please give Daphne my love. <laughs> Sincerely, boss ass bitch. Sincerely, boss ass bitch. <laughs> and she sends it, which is great. Yes. I love it. I love it. And then he and then he answers with fine. And then yeah. he calls. And yeah, like that that whole thing is wonderful. And I love it because usually when you have confrontation stuff like that digitally, like I don't know about you, but if I see that I have a response or something like pop up as a notification, I get heart palpitations. Like I don't want to address it. I get real nervous real quick. So yep. the fact that she's like, I'm just going to deal with this right now. I'm like, mm, yeah, you are a boss ass bitch. Okay. Keely's <laughs> <laughs> uh, got me on that silly dating app. She's promoting <laughs> the one with no pictures. That's the one. What? So now you just get a bunch of unsolicited descriptions of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I fucking love Roy. Like, seriously. He really is. He, there is something wonderful about him. I can't wait to see him next month or no, later this month. I can't wait to see him, to see Brett Goldstein. Whistle. Whistle. <laughs> oh, you mean. Whistle. 
whistle. <laughs> yes. Um, the only, I think, the, let me see. Um, I have two other quotes, and they're both Nora and Rebecca. Uh, one okay. of them is uh, one of them is Rebecca saying, "I'll get the bill." Uh, then you're coming back, right? <laughs> yes. Why? Uh, just making sure you're not going to disappear for another six years. Oh, that was <laughs> rough. And she's like, "I'm joking." Yeah. Well, the truth hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other one I have too was, uh, "Good morning, Higgins. This is my goddaughter Nora. She's going to be shadowing me today. Ah, outstanding. Welcome oh. aboard." And uh, Miss Welton, I received your email, and once again, your suggestion fixed everything. I mean, brilliant as always. What are you talking about? I was just trying to make you look good. Eh. <laughs> You blew that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That was hilarious. Um, I like it right before the game when they're talking about the return of Jamie Tart. And they're like, will the Richmond faithful welcome him back? Tough to say, Arlo. Supporters are a notoriously fickle bunch. And it cuts to the bar and they're just like, yo! Like the <laughs> they're all singing pig. the Jamie Tart. They're on <laughs> yeah. the Jamie Tart chant. And then the next line after that is, if no one's passing to Jamie, we can always drop him to midfield so the people not passing to Jamie can be closer to him. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when Beard just looks at Nate and he's just like, you know, you say stupid things, right? Like, (laughs) I I get that you're a coach now, but leave the coaching to me and Ted, please. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all the quotes I have. I think that's all the quotes I have. Yeah, because we talked about sassy in the beginning. Oh, no. I have one more. Um, it's actually the very first one. <laughs> you new around here to planet Earth? No, I'm 13. But I'm also fairly certain this is my third life reincarnated. <laughs> well, color me impressed, because my third lap around this big blue marble, I was nothing but a horsefly. Oh, I've never seen a horsefly. <laughs> no. Saw a horse pee once. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noisy, too. <laughs> Yeah, she, you know, Nora, man, great character. Great character. Yeah. Any other quotes on your end? Nope. All right, let's dive into the feedback for the episode, in which we have have a good amount this week. I'm happy. Uh, We've got some Facebook feedback, and we have some some voicemails, including one from somebody who is sending us a voicemail for the first time. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. A new voice. Uh, but let's start with the Facebook feedback, which I will kick over to you. Yay, because it's from Lindsay. Lindsay Schlick. Hello, Lindsay. I love that you are just so wonderful with this podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Lindsay says, Oh, yay, the Nora episode. I just love her. I wish she could have been way- in way more episodes. Me too. Led Tasso was horrifying, but hilarious. Feet fingers is my new phrase. <laughs> I love the main storyline of this episode. Watching everyone rally around Sam, regardless of money, was amazing. It's not really a surprise that team joined him, but it's unique. It's uniquely this show that also has the money people like Rebecca supporting him as well. Yeah, I think that that's kind of... Um, I think that that's what makes Ted Lasso special is that everything that you have ever wanted from bosses, from coworkers, from people in your life happens in this show. You get the support that you've always wanted. You get the validation that you've always craved. Um, there's something really special to that. It makes, it makes people be better and do better. 
Yeah. I still, you know, I, I have a couple Facebook groups that I follow of people who are just fans of Ted Lasso and then mm-hmm. number of things that still pop up, the number of posts that still pop up of people who are realizing new things about the show, but also like you mentioned, you know, the feel goodness of it, like a boss who actually supports the team, no matter yeah. what, like people are still learning lessons from this show. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I love it. It's one of the reasons why you and I both love this show as much as we do. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot like Shit's Creek. Like Shit's Creek, <clears throat> excuse me, Shit's Creek was always written with the intention of we are going to write this and 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 execute this in a in a world that already accepts everybody for who they are. Yeah. So there was none of that th- there was none of the stigma that's attached in a negative way to, you know, um people who are gay, people who are um bisexual, just different ways of life, right? That was just accepted in this small town and it was never an issue. So the story really got to shine instead Mm -hmm. of trying to take a stance on the issues. And I think that that is the way that television and movies should be made. Not to stuff any, not to stuff like an issue in someone's face, but to present what that world really looks like when we don't have those as issues. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Shit's Creek too because one, that's a show that I've been slowly diving back into, kind of like rewatching episodes Such here a good and there because that show is amazing. If you yeah. haven't seen it, highly recommend go watch, watch it. Shit's Creek. Yeah, um, so but good. two, it reminds me that Dan Levy's new movie, Good Grief, just released on Netflix, and I need to sit and watch it. Yeah, I do too. I've I've wanted to see that. It looks um, it looks like a tearjerker. Yeah, uh, but it, it looks, looks like P.S. I love you a little bit. A little bit. I was thinking the same exact thing. So I, I want to see what kind of movie it is, and I want to like. I'm I'm sure I have a box of tissues sitting next to my my that recliner. Sounds smart. <laughs> so you know I'll be ready for it because as we've talked about before, I've gotten more emotional in my older age, and I cry at almost anything. So I'm sure good grief is going to do it. And I oh, want to yeah. support and I want to support Dan Levy, too, because because he's amazing. Yeah. And I really want to see where his career goes now with Schitt's Creek. And and this is his directorial debut, I think, as well. Is it? Are you sure? I thought it was. Maybe it's not his debut, but I know he directed. I have a hard time believing that he didn't direct one episode of Schitt's Creek. Um, You know what I mean? With yeah. how involved him and his dad were in that show. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, let's see if I go to, no, he's only, he did. He, he did direct four episodes of Shit's Creek. Okay. This is his movie. Okay. Directorial debut. Okay. So he's only directed. The only thing he's ever directed before good grief was a couple episodes of Shit's Creek. That's really good practice too, for people that want to direct when they're so used to like a set and they're used to the job, like David Schwimmer, David Schwimmer's episodes of friends are always good. Well, I mean, it's like, um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, even going into sci-fi like episodes or movies of star Trek with Jonathan Frakes, who I know this is gibberish to you, but I know I'm like, I don't uh, know what you're talking about, but I'll I'll support you. (laughs) Jonathan Frakes played William Riker, who was number two to Patrick Stewart in next generation. And he's directed a number of episodes as well as other science fiction, uh, things like the Orville and such. And he's an amazing director when it comes to sci-fi, but that's because he came from that show. So that show helped him in assisting him to become a good sci-fi director. 
Right. And now anytime I see his name pop up as director on anything sci-fi, I'm like, yep, I'm going to love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Matthew Gray Goobler does a lot, did a lot of episodes too of Criminal Minds. He plays um, Spencer Reed on Criminal Minds and he has a couple of episodes that he directed and they were phenomenal. Yeah. So it's like even the TV show Arrow, which I was a big fan of, a lot of the secondary cast stepped up to direct episodes. And that's awesome that, you know, shows will do that for their people. I think Brett Goldstein directed. Did he direct this episode? Of Ted Lasso? <clears throat> I think he directed an episode of Ted Lasso. Um, let's see, because it's funny that I actually have Brett Goldstein's <laughs> information up because I'm I've, not surprised. I actually reached out to him, uh, his publicist, to try and get him on the podcast. Uh, let's see. He has. Why will you not send me to his credits? Let's see. Actor, writer, producer i don't see any directorial credits Did he write under his name a full episode then because i oh saw he's written name. he's written quite a bit um on ted lasso he was hired originally to be a writer which is crazy um and then became let's and then yeah tan lines was written by him see he has a credit for executive story editor but the written by we've got tan lines for uh season one um and that's it, I guess. Maybe that's the one that I saw where I was like, oh, written by Brett Goldstein. I will I will say this now that we're on Brett Goldstein, and then we'll move on to the rest of the feedback. If you if you are a fan of podcasts, which hopefully you are because you're listening to us, uh, Brett Goldstein does have a podcast, and it's great. And it's all about movies. It's based, It's called Films to be Buried With. And he has had a lot of guests on his podcast as well. Do and you it's, know, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Do you know what episode he wrote in season two? Well, he wrote two episodes in season two. He wrote episode six, and he also re- wrote Beard After Hours. He wrote Beard he After wrote Hours? Beard After Hours. <laughs> That's fantastic. That makes me love it even more. <laughs> yeah. He, let's see. It, actually, it says he wrote 13 episodes. Well, it says written. He gets credit for written by on Brett for this for one, two, three, four episodes that he is that he gets the written by. Credit. Okay, but the other ones, the remaining. What oh, is it, executive nine? story editor. He's yeah. executive story editor. It looks like he was executive sto- story editor for the entire first season, and then that was dropped second season and third season. Yeah, because yeah, I see that too. He's credited for every episode of season one, two episodes of season two, yep. and one episode of season three. But he um, wrote Beard After Hours. That's fantastic. That's, that that it doesn't surprise me either. I can't wait to get to that episode. I love that episode. What a weird one-off. <laughs> that's uh yeah. Well, even the episode before that is that because I think it's the the episode before that is where they play in it's like a special game. It's not a season game. It's like they made it to it's like, like a an championship. all-star game or something yeah, like something that. like that. I can't remember the what it's all-star called game the that they do in season three is one of my favorite like C plot lines. <laughs> I, like, ser- I don't want to get too far into it because I know like that we have a couple people that are you know quite a few people oh. actually that are doing their first watch. The the Danny Rojas that we get. In that Danny Rojas, Danny <laughs> Rojas, yeah, it is a totally different Danny, and I love it. Golly. Is it though? 
Is it yeah. really? Is it a different? No, yeah. I guess to a degree, it is a yeah. very different Danny that yeah. we get. We it's different how, enough that everybody is jarred by it. We see how competitive Danny really can be. And we'll Ooh. leave it at that. Football is life. <laughs> we'll he means it. it. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, all right. So let's move on to the couple voicemails that we have. And we'll start things off first with uh, our friend Greg, who left us another voicemail this week. Yay! Hello, Revisited. This is Greg. And sorry I missed the last few weeks. But I didn't miss watching the show, just in the opportunity to actually give feedback. Anyway, moving on to do the right est thing. Uh, so... There are a lot of, of, of aspects to this, but and I'm sure you guys are going to have covered a ton of them. Um, but there are some that I I really either want to know, or uh, that we you know that we was not revealed, uh, or things that I caught on my I don't know twelfth watch of this episode. Um, all right, so uh, it's you know, kind of obvious in the beginning uh, as. Uh, Ted is doing his Americanized references, uh, i.e., um, uh, bring it on, you know, do it like Union and Dunce, uh, and bring it on, uh, and then hit me with your best shot. Um, it's uh, it's obvious, well, obvious to me that he does this a lot, right? And then the reporters are kind of they kind of like, yes, I got the reference. Um, uh, the, uh, the the Dubai Air aspect of it. Uh, I don't think I caught it until this last watch. Um, but, uh, Dubai air specifically asked for Sam. So they were asking for a Nigerian to represent them so that they could basically have someone supporting them in public. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so Jamie, Jamie's whole arc here, uh, is, is pretty, pretty entertaining. Um, but it all kind of centered like his, his real change happened when he talked to Dr. Sharon and that makes me go, what did she tell him? Was it just a matter of, Hey, you know, see if you can see an opportunity to make it not about you but about somebody else. I like, I really like, and I get it. The therapy sessions are not supposed to be public and, and all that, but like, that's what I want to know. I want to know what she told him. Um, all right. So, uh, from the very beginning, uh, Kiki May as Nora was phenomenal. <laughs> she and Phoebe, and I can't remember the actress's name, but she and Phoebe are amazing child actors, um, on this show. Like this was on par with Abigail Breslin and little miss sunshine. It, it, this is phenomenal. Her, her presentation, her face acting, everything about Kiki May was amazing. Um, one of the things that Ted said uh, at, at the beginning of the Sam interview that when bad things happen to people like me, y'all tend to write about it. Uh, I, I I felt like it was a very significant reflection of the times that we're going through, or we were going through when this originally aired, and we still continue to still go through. Um, uh, I did notice that when Nora was uh, dictating <laughs> dictating uh, to um, to Rebecca. Um, she started off saying, dear Dick Cole, and oh, dear Richard Cole, Dick Cole, Dick Cole. I thought I, I hadn't picked up on that before. I thought she was just calling him a Dick Cole. Um, all right. Anything else? 
Oh, and uh, Led Tasso, like it seemed to me like it was just like, okay, uh, just go out there and be a dick. Uh, Jason, go. I'm just going to go improv. I'm going to, and everybody can just look at me like I'm a moron and look at me with confusion because I want those looks of confusion to be real because they're not going to have any idea what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, look forward to hearing you guys talking about it. All right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, that's so funny. I wonder if they actually like said, okay, Jason's going to come out and he's going to do some stuff and you're just going to stay in character. We're just going to unleash the Sudeikis. Yeah. We don't know what, <laughs> what is planned. We don't know what's coming. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that really is the case or was you know the case I mean? at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is a good improv actor. So I, I'm very mm -hmm. curious if maybe this was an opportunity for him to just kind of shut, like just throw throw it out there and see what stuck. So I didn't I didn't think about the fact that you that what Greg mentioned too about how Dubai Air specifically requested Sam. They wanted a Nigerian. Yeah. I didn't really Crazy. think about that. And I don't think we talked about that either. No, um, because I missed it. I did too. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good pickup for, for Greg. Um, and just because he brought it up, I, I'm, I'm going to play this clip again before we start. Cause I just, it's one of my favorite moments of the episode. Hey, Dick Cole. Dear Richard Cole. You creepy old pedo. My old friend. Sam isn't going anywhere, arsehole. I have decided not to release Sam Obisanya. You're a shitty old man with a tiny shriveled penis. I feel sorry for your wife. Her life must be a constant hell. Please give Daphne my love. <laughs> Sincerely, boss-ass bitch. Sincerely, boss-ass bitch. <laughs> Such a great moment. I love it that that Nora looks at the tel at, at the screen, too. She's like, did you read that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she apparently she really did. I don't think she did. I... I would have been great if she did. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it past her back at Ode on it. She probably, just like the rest of us, has an email signature at the bottom where she doesn't have yeah, to sign that's, off on anything. That's that's true. Uh, all right. The next email we got uh, comes from our friend Anwin, uh, who is watching for the for first, time. first time. This is her first watch. So I love it. I Again, we don't listen to these ahead of time, so I'm very curious what Anwen is going to say. So here we go. Hi, Kristen and Ben. It's Anwen here. I am really enjoying your coverage of Ted Lasso, and I am one of those rare few who didn't watch it when it was on at the time, and I'm watching it for the first time. I've just finished season one, and so I'll be caught up in no time, and I just wanted to give some of my thoughts. I absolutely adore this show, and I can see instantly after only the first few minutes of watching why everyone loves it so much. I love all the characters. The writing is so funny, but it's so real as well. You know, I love how Ted is so unflappably optimistic and kind, but then he's got layers and you see him go through really hard times and, and really react to that as well. My favorite two characters are Roy Kent and Keely. Roy is just so much fun to watch, whether he's being an absolute asked to everybody or whether he's coming around and showing his warm side I just could watch him all day and Keely is fantastic it would be very easy to have that cliched kind of wag um, which stands for wives and girlfriends it's a British 
footballer term. I'm sure you guys know that, you know, being such big fans. Um, it would be really easy to have her be really airheaded and, and self-centered, but she's so, so kind. And I also loved how her relationship with Rebecca um, it would be also easy to have the only main two women on a show be kind of rivals from the start, but they actually did really warm to each other. And then when they had a falling out, they dealt with it and they got past it. And I just loved that. It was so heartwarming to see. Fantastic show. Can't wait to see where it goes. I'm really enjoying that you're not doing the spoilers. So thank you so much for that because I'm loving listening to your coverage. Um, and then I just skip the spoiler bits. Um, but who knows? We'll probably end up binging the next two seasons. And so I'll not only catch up, but I'll be in the spoiler territory with you. Thank you so much for all that you do. Bye. <laughs> She's so cute. Oh Thank you, Edwin, for I love her so much <laughs> for leaving the the. She's such a delight just to listen to. I know. I love um, her. Everybody like at Podcastic is a big fan of Edwin, obviously, and we're all big fans of her as well. So it's like, yeah, it's. I'm so happy she's finally watching, and you know, this is the first time that she's watching. So I'm glad that you know, that's the reason why we do the spoiler talk, right? towards Bring the end people for people in. yeah as for people like her who have never seen it before to actually still be able to listen which is because it's not like lost i mean lost was like 15 years ago or something crazy yeah, like that. this is still relevant the show just ended in 2023 i mean right it yeah. hasn't even been a year we just wanted to ended. jump on it <laughs> right yeah we, have, we wanted to jump right into it because of how much we love the show. Oh, it's over? Great. Let's rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. So we might as well just announce it now that when we're done with Ted Lasso, we're just going to start Ted Lasso again from episode one. Yeah, that's fine, right? It's <laughs> fine. No, we're still discussing what the next show is going to be, even though Kristen has it pretty solidified in her head, which she I have a vote. Be. I have a yes. vote. But we're still, we got a ways to go before we're announcing the next show. Yeah. Uh, we still have over a season and a half left of Ted Lasso to cover. It's quickly. It, it really is. Yeah. It, it really it's, is. It's weird when you do it all on time. <laughs> not only <laughs> not only on time, but are actually ahead. Yeah. It's <laughs> which true. Is, We're ahead which of is the a game. first for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tired of the backhanded co comments, you know. <laughs> well, that's just par for the course for Revisited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh all right which leads us to our final voicemail our final piece of feedback which of course comes from our friend steve brown hello vin and Kristen. this is steve and this is for ted lasso uh do the rightest thing <laughs> ted meeting um oh what's her name the rebecca's friend's daughter for the first time crazy <laughs> which leads to the best line exchange ever is she mine? From Ted. It was six months ago. And you finished on my, hey, think today your masterpiece. Her is the key to the whole show, Ted making people better. That's what he does. And Jamie trying to make a jab at uh, at Sam and everybody just cold shoulders and great. No, Rebecca, you brought Nora to a seven-year-old's tea party. Another spot of uh, Nate's nastiness coming out with this comment about Jamie. I hope they kill him. And But I understand he was the worst. Jamie was the worst to him, though. Oh, I do remember this is when Dubai Air is like being, yeah, the bad guy. <laughs> they just want to feel they're part of our lives. Oi, Phoebe, you want to come to my podiatrist appointment later? <laughs> Love it. Beard says that Jane would get medieval on him if he downloaded a dating app. Love it. I just say, I'm saying I love it a lot. That's, I mean, it's, <laughs> what's not to love? <laughs> Len Tasso is amazing. Oh, and philosophy from Nora 
Sometimes you have to do the right thing, even if you lose. <laughs> the scene with Nora and Rebecca is so hilarious. Sincerely, boss ass bitch. Wait, is that the Chariots of Fire soundtrack playing while Sam is taping up over his Dubai Air logo? And Jamie has finally figured out what it is to be a team. I'm choked up. Well, they broke the draw with a loss, but it's a good loss. <laughs> Celebrating the breaking the tie streak. I love it. Keely, oi, hide your beers. Okay, can't wait for next week. <laughs> yeah, I do like it that they celebrated breaking the tie, even though it was a loss, because I think that that night, that game was a big win for them because they came together as a team. They came together as a team under this, uh, uh, under Sam with Jamie's assistance. Um, it was a really, really like powerful game for them. Well, not only that, but taking the loss, you know, of that game, it was one of those things where they realized what was more important at the time. Like, yeah, it which was supporting the team rather than winning. The the win wasn't important to them in that moment. It was the fact that they all came together as a team. And as they jokingly say, we did something together, which was, hey, we broke the we broke the tie streak. Yeah, (laughs) it was by losing. But we still, you know, we still did it. Yeah, no, uh, what is it? No pictures of uh, Ted's son in, in a million ties anymore. <laughs> That's right. Which, Cut those off. Which, I mean, was funny. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's clever from a kid. So... Uh, but thank you to everybody for leaving the feedback, which we encourage you guys to do so every week. <clears throat> Easiest way to do that is just go to our, our website, uh, revisitedpod.com. There you can find links on everything from where to listen, subscribe, and leave feedback. Or you can just email us directly, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Uh, recommendations for the week. I know I have one. Do you have one? I have one only because it's it's uh, brand new. Okay. And that is for people to please go and listen to T-Pain as a singer. Because <laughs> Ben introduced me to that before we started recording, and I now have added him to my list of singers to listen to. It is absolutely. I discovered it very recently myself. So I, uh, Kristen and I disagree on the mass Singer because I know she thinks it's a joke. And I it's actually. Garbage show. I actually enjoy watching it. Uh, but T-Pain actually won season one of The Masked Singer. And it it became a thing where he, he, you know, he realized it was an opportunity to show his actual singing voice. And I fell, like, into a YouTube hole of listening to T-Pain sing actual songs, like, not rap. And he has an amazing voice. Holy cow, he has an amazing voice. And I showed Kristen some videos. He actually did a live concert, um, which was released as an album, both in a studio version and a live version called On Top of the Covers. And it's all cover songs that he does, but just in a legit, like, R&B singing voice. And he is phenomenal. Phenomenal. As a singer. I really He... The covers are great because there's some really good ones in there. Everything from like 
change is going to come by Sam Cooke to War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Um, oh, that's what it is. I thought it was Rage Against the Machine for some reason. No, no, War Pigs is Black Sabbath, but like Gavin DeGraw and like he does a bunch of <laughs> different a journeys. Don't stop believing. Like he does a bunch of great. Lenny covers. Kravitz, American Woman. Yeah, which was really good. Which was I, really good. But I really feel like he needs to write and release original R&B music because he's just fantastic. I hope it's not R&B because I am not an R&B fan at all, like at all. Um, even even Boys to Men was like on the edge for me. But uh, yeah, sing, sing anything. Be Lenny Kravitz. I, be a rocker. I'll be honest with you, as, as a big fan of this genre and hearing him sing Change is Gonna Come, I would love to hear him release a album of Motown covers. See, okay, now we're talking. That now we're be, talking. Because I have, like, I've, everybody has told me I have an old soul when it comes to music. You say Motown have... pain is back again. <laughs> T pain, T pain. No. Anyways, that's my recommendation. But I love, I love Motown music, and to hear him do Motown covers would be phenomenal. That would be awesome. It'd be great. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Go, just go to YouTube and it's or Spotify, and just. Search T Pain on top of the covers. It is an amazing concert performance. Uh, my recommendation is a game show. Don't think I've ever <laughs> recommended a game show before, uh, but it's a brand new show. There's only at this point one episode out. Uh, at the time you're hearing this on Monday, the new episode is tonight because it's on Mondays. Uh, it's another Rob Lowe directed game show. He did Mental Samurai, which I was a fan of. This one's another trivia game. It's called The Floor. It's on Fox. I was a I love the concept of this game and it's Rob Lowe is just a fantastic host podcast host game show host. He's just, he's really found a niche in hosting and he's really, really good at it. So if you're into trivia game shows, this one's just a lot of fun and it's easy to catch up because there's only been one episode. There so, you go. Yeah. And Rob Lowe keeps getting better looking. He still looks like Chris Traeger. But like if Chris Traeger was more beautiful, I don't know. Like we watched the trailer before we started recording and I'm telling you right now, the man is just more and more. Be it's it's almost not fair. No, 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 no. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not it's fair. Not fair. <laughs> it's because not fair. he was good looking in The Outsiders. He was beautiful in West Wing. He was gorgeous in um, Parks and Rec. And now he's just like this heavenly Kendall. I like, I, I don't know how else to say it. He's beautiful. I don't, well, it's not fair. Well, it's amazing what going, being sober will do to mm, you. Mm -hmm. Cause he has been 20 plus years dry. I think mm -hmm. at this point, um, cause he went through some dark phases in his well, life. I'm, and I'm doing dry January. So maybe I'll look like Rob Lowe <laughs> by January 31st. But it's so funny too, because when you think about Parks and Rec, because I, I rewatch Parks and Rec a lot, and you yeah. you see his character of Chris Traeger about how like he's a health nut and he's all about like staying healthy and everything, and how he like he believes he'll be the first man to live like to like 150 or whatever the the age was. <laughs> um, I really believe that that wasn't that, that was written because it was Rob Lowe. Mm. Like this is real life Rob Lowe. They just yeah. wrote it into the character of Chris Traeger. So. But like I said, it's amazing what go what being sober 
will do. Yeah. Because it works for him. He's just, you know, I've always wanted to just go completely sober. And it's always just the big events with, you know, when you go to a family event or if something like that, it just, I'm always like, I love wine. I really do. I, I love wine, not because mm. it gets me drunk or anything like that. I like the, I like wine. I don't like drinking. It's well, very strange. Well, I mean, there's been scientific studies that show that wine is actually good for your heart. Like it actually, it it does, there are good benefits to drinking wine. So I can understand that. Um, I don't drink beer anymore. I mean, occasionally I'll have like an IPA if I'm out Mm -hmm. and I like, I want to try something new. Yeah. I cannot tell you the last time if you call it, I know a lot of people do. I don't, uh, a Coors Light or Miller Light or Bud Light has touched my lips. No, I mean, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink something worth it. Yeah. You know, apologies to anybody who's listening, who drinks that it is garbage. Yeah. I mean, look, for some people that is like on a really hot summer day, I love to day drink on a boat or something like that, you know, or, or out with my friends. That's really fun. But I don't, I don't like being hungover. I don't like not remembering. I don't like the fact that my inhibitions are lowered. I don't like any of that. I hate it. I hate it when I feel the need to apologize to people the next day for stuff that I don't even remember doing. That and, And the older I get, the less it takes. So I'll drink like two or three glasses of wine over the course of an evening, and I don't remember parts of my evening. Like, how? How? Well, because when not- I was 20, I used to be able to punch down a couple bottles of wine and be ready to go in a couple of hours to work a double shift at the restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's not only the older you get, like the the less it takes. It's also the less you drink, the less it takes. Mm-hmm. That's you, true. You know, your, your tolerance lowers. So it's low. You know, but I mean, like Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light. That's like it's beer flavored water. Like that's like the kind of stuff that you drink that like. You could drink a whole six pack and not feel a damn thing. Right. Um, Because it's not beer. I don't care what anybody says. It's not beer. Yeah. Um, That's why I said like, if I, if I, everybody, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, not sorry. Um, Like I said, if I want to enjoy a beer, I might try like an IPA or a a lager or something like that, like a legitimate (laughs) beer, but I don't do it very often. Right. Uh, if I drink, it's usually my friend Rob is a great mixologist, so it's usually mm-hmm. trying something that he's come up with. Or on New Year's Eve, I had like even New Year's Eve, I had I had a hard cider. Mm-hmm. That was it. I had a um a God, I don't even remember what it is. Um, but I had like an apple flavored cider, and I had a quarter of a glass of champagne to celebrate the New Year. Yeah, I don't remember it. drinking on New Year's either, but Dave was like super sick, so I wasn't going to drink alone, but I don't think I had anything to drink on New Year's. I haven't had anything to drink all year so far. It's only January whatever, but uh, <laughs> January 7th. Yeah. So seven days, but still, you know, it it is what it is. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe yeah. stay, staying sober is the secret to Rob Lowe's success. I have no doubt about that. He's even a lot of people have gone sober. A lot of people have gone sober. Um, you know, and I I don't think that that's a bad fad. No, not at all. You know, I think that, you know, taking care of our bodies and taking care of our longevity of life and our quality of life, not to mention inflation has just made it impossible, impossible to do anything anymore. I mean, 
holy cow, inflation, shrinkflation. I mean, I get a box of macaroni and cheese now and I just can't, I, I, I look at it. I'm like, I can't, I used to be able to feed like our whole family on one box. And now it's like, maybe I've got two of us. Well, so first off, I don't want this to sound like we're coming across as like sober preachers. Cause if you drink, it's fine. Like as long as you're yeah, doing it in care. moderation and you're responsible, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but on that note of inflation, you. exactly. But on that note of inflation, I'll give you a prime example of it. Two years ago, I signed up with a company that's local to me called Ready Refresh, and it was to rent a water cooler and get three three-gallon bottles of water delivered every month. At the time I signed up, two years ago, mind you, two years mm -hmm. ago, it was for the cost of the three bottles of water, three three-gallon bottles of water, rental on the unit, tax and delivery, it was $30, $30 a month, which was affordable to me. Mm-hmm. Over the course of two years and multiple increases, just to get the water alone, tax, delivery, everything, is $51. Wow. Not including the now, what was, when I got the machine, $6 a month, the now $18 a month rental fee on the unit. That's ridiculous. It, and I just got another email the other day saying that starting in 2024, your delivery cost is going up from $9.99 to $12.99. And it got to a point where I was like, fuck this. So that's I'm almost a hundred dollars a month for water. Yeah. So I it was $74 a month. It went from 30 to $74 a month. In two years. For water in two years. That's crazy. So it got to a point where I was like, I'm so fed up with this. I went to my supermarket to see if they had Deer Park water, which is what I drink. They have five gallon, not three, five gallon water bottles that are $15 the first time. And then every time after that trading in the bottle, it goes down to eight. So I, <laughs> Easy so decision. I bought a water cooler. I got a brand new water cooler that I bought on Amazon. $250. It is a bottom loading, so I don't have to lift these heavy-ass things on top That's of it anymore. That's awesome. It has hot, cold, and room temperature water, and it is UV light self-cleaning. That's amazing. So I was like, you know what? Fuck Ready Refresh. Yeah. As soon as I... I already put hooked it up and took one of the three gallon bottles in there. As soon as I finish the three gallon water bottle that is in the rental unit that I have, it yeah. is getting cleaned and sent back. And I'm telling Ready Refresh, close my fucking account. Yeah, something has to be done about services it's water. and costs and everything. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous that to eat good food, good food, good wholesome food is now becoming um, an upper class uh, luxury. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just that's it boggles my mind. Boggles my mind. I know we're off on a little bit of a rant here, but you look. I don't even know how we got here, but that's you, okay. <laughs> uh, the floor to Rob Lowe to sober living to inflation to to, to yes. being to being good to your body. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it, look, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know we do this. From you time know to time. how it goes, <laughs> and most yeah. of you have already turned it off, anyways, because we're done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so, um, on that note, any final notes before we wrap things up? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, 
All, with that being said, then thank you as always to everybody who listens. Thank you for liking, subscribing, leaving feedback, all that you guys do. Next episode that we're covering is the Christmas episode. It is a standalone episode. Fan but it favorite. Is, it is a fan favorite episode. I can't wait to talk about it. Season two, episode four, Carol the Bells. It is. Had our timing been better, it would have been closer to Christmas, but it's close enough to Christmas that we're still I think covering so. it. It's still within a, less than a month of Christmas, yes. so we're we're still right along that line. And as you brought up before, it aired in April, or uh, it aired it aired in August, so it didn't even air at Christmas. Oh, perfect. Okay, so we're actually closer than they were. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, thank you for liking, subscribing, all that you guys do. But until next time, we'll see you guys out on the pitch. Take care. Namaste, baby.